Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Beautiful Behavior Podcast. I am your host, Diane Sorensen, certified life coach, hypnotherapy practitioner, mother, grandmother, and human fascinated with behavior and how to live our best life. My goal is to offer you another perspective, to see behavior in ourselves, our children, and others from another angle. This podcast is for anyone who wants to feel more connected in their relationships. It's for anyone who feels the pull for something more. It's for parents and those who are not. This podcast is for anyone who wants to take a deeper look because this is where we talk about breaking generational patterns and outdated cultural beliefs, cultivating deeper connections in our life, and leading our life with more confidence and clarity. And I believe that's when beautiful behavior comes into focus. You can learn more about my process, me, and the three different ways in which beautiful behavior could come into focus for you at my website at diannesorensen.net. That's D-I-A-N-E-S-O-R-E-N-S-E-N.net. Okay, listeners, let's go. Hello and welcome. A new week, a new episode. So let's just dive right in. So we all have a need for safety, right? We all want to feel safe. We all want to feel understood. We all want to be seen be heard. Our brain has the need to feel safe. Our brain functions optimally when it feels safe. And we want to feel safe, right? And children's behavior, our children's behavior, cause an emotional reaction that we don't want to feel. And so our children's behavior can seem like a threat to our brain. It might be a threat to our authority, um, maybe even a threat to our sense of self-worth. But your child talking back to you isn't life-threatening, right? You're not going to die. Your child throwing a fit at the store is not life-threatening. You will not die because they threw a fit at the store. Now we feel embarrassed, we feel angry, we feel whatever that is, undesired feelings. So our children's behavior can create an emotional reaction. It creates... It's like your child's behavior is triggering an emotional reaction in your body. Your body is remembering an instance when you felt an undesired feeling. Might have been fear. Might have been anger. Might have been... Um, whatever it was. 
but it's bringing up a feeling that you don't want to feel again. And that's what a trigger is. It is an emotional memory stored in your body. And so your trigger has nothing to do with your children. You know, they're not using behavior to trigger you. They're just being child. They're just dealing with whatever is happening inside of them. And so what happens is uh, our children use behavior and we get this um, emotion start happening in our body and we project and punish to resist having to feel. Projecting and punishment feel safe because then we maintain control and power. So punishing our child, and I say punishment because that is usually what we're doing. Oftentimes we say consequences, but they're being used as punishment. We have just changed the words. So when we do something to our child to so that they feel bad, so they in hopes that they're not going to do this behavior again, that is punishment. Rewards and punishments. Taking something away, whether that's an item they love or privileges or whatever. We punish them because we don't want to feel a certain way. And we want to make sure they aren't ever going to use any behavior that's going to make us feel in a certain, in a way that we don't want to feel. So this isn't about you being bad or, you know, not having enough patience or willpower or self-discipline. It has nothing to do with willpower or self-discipline or patience. It's our nervous system needing to feel safe, needing to feel soothed. And so it's learning to train our brain to feel safe. So one of the ways that we can do this is through deep breathing and Uh, using a mantra in our head to override the thoughts that are going on in our head that you may not even be consciously aware of. But when you get triggered, it's because you are having thoughts about whatever is happening in front of you. So if your child's having a fit, it is not your child having a fit that's actually triggering you. It's the thoughts you're having about your child's having a fit. Like, oh my gosh, what are people going to think? You know, they always think they have to have their own way. Or, you know, whatever that those thoughts are, that's what's triggering this feeling memory in your body. And so if we can override that with a more soothing mantra for our brain. It's telling our brain it's okay. It's safe. This is not life-threatening. 
It's emotionally uncomfortable, but it is not life-threatening. So one of the mantras that, that I often use, um, and, and this is one that I learned from Dr. Becky Bailey, who's the creator of Conscious Discipline, is um, I'm safe, keep breathing, I can handle this. Because you're telling your brain, hey, it's safe. And then you're reminding yourself, keep breathing, take some deep breaths here. And you're telling your brain, I can handle this. This isn't life-threatening. This is something within my capacity. And, and even a step before that is to take the deep breath, to take a few deep breaths, deep into your belly and breathe it out. Because that is what's going to slow down the emotion that is rushing through your body. And it also unhooks the stress response in the brain. You can take three deep breaths, let it out as slowly as possible. The first two breaths might not go out slowly, but by the third breath, if you can release that breath slowly and fully, that unhooks that stress response in the brain, telling your brain this is not life-threatening. And then overriding those thoughts that are coming in with, I'm safe, keep breathing, I can handle this. So that practice soothes the nervous system. And now you can't just do this in the moments that you're triggered, because once you're triggered, you're triggered. What we want to do is practice this, have a breathing practice where you practice breathing deeply. You know, take three deep breaths every so often. If you have, if you, if it's helpful to put a timer on your phone for once every hour or, you know, whatever, once every five hours, just to stop and take some deep breaths. So you can start to soothe your nervous system before it's beyond the point of soothing and then you're projecting and you know punishing punishing the people around you or even yourself. And as you practice this, as you bring breathing in more and more as a practice, and at first you might just, you know, do it once when you get up in the morning and maybe once when you go to bed at night. And as time goes on, you can uh, integrate it more and more into your day. Like I said, setting a timer for every, you know, few hours and then every hour until it becomes a natural thing to breathe deeper because we are shallow breathers, most of us. We tend to just really shallow breathe, not getting the oxygen to the brain um, and throughout the body that helps it to helps our brain to 
perform optimally. So as you integrate a breathing practice into your day, um, you will start the process of soothing your nervous system. And it is a process. It's not just a few times and done. It's not an all or nothing. It is small steps over time, over time. I cannot stress that enough, over time. It is consistency. That is the key, not big steps. Small, consistent steps is what helps us to shift the things that we want to shift or change the things that we want to change um, in our life. So a breathing practice can um, be, uh, can help our nervous system and our brain feel safe. Um, Also other practices such as meditation um, or another mindfulness type of, of practice uh, hypnosis is of hypnotherapy is another practice that calms the nervous system. Breath work calms the nervous system. So there are many things we can do to integrate into our daily practices to calm our nervous system and help it feel safe. So reacting is a habit. It's a pattern. Projecting is a habit. It is a pattern. And putting a, integrating a practice is also building a habit. It's it's building a a more effective habit. And like I said, it's a process. As you build this new habit, uh, the other one's still going to show up. It's still going to be there. It's going to show up because it's already the pattern. And as you continue to integrate and practice the new pattern, over time, again, over time, the old one will naturally start to fall away. So it's not something you have to stop or get rid of. It's something that will, that you'll no longer need anymore once the other habit uh, takes hold. And one of the issues is that we want instant results. We want it to shift now. And we do it for a few weeks or possibly even a few months. And then we say, well, this isn't working. And then we stop and, you know, we don't create the change we want because we don't want to stick with the process. And actually, I don't even, I I think we don't even want a process. We don't want a process. We want the answer, right? We want a strategy, something that is going to give me more comfort right now. What's the strategy to change somebody else's behavior? 
And lasting change and permanent change only happens when we create change within ourselves. And it only happens when we follow a process and are willing to fall down and get back up and fall down again and get back up. That is the process. And through that process, we gain resilience. And when we have resilience, we feel safe because we know we are capable and that we can handle various challenges that come along. And we connect with ourself to feel capable, to know we can handle things rather than looking externally to others and how others are seeing us. So we go through life looking at ourselves through the eyes of others. And so we try to manipulate how they see us. And that is freaking exhausting. And if you think about it, of course it is. I, when I am trying to manipulate how everybody sees me, oh my gosh, I have to be in control of everybody and their perceptions. So that's impossible. It's not even a reality. So we need to start, if we want to feel safe, then we must start looking at ourselves and what do we see in ourselves and i think oftentimes we're scared to do that because perhaps we're scared of what we'll see because we're convinced that somehow i'm not good enough Somehow I'm flawed because those are the messages we got as children when we were punished for certain behaviors. So it's time to start looking at ourself and healing those wounds rather than projecting those wounds out at others and punishing them so we don't have to feel diminished or feel humiliated or feel whatever it is we don't want to feel. That does not create a feeling of safety. That is anxiety driven. So, and sometimes we say, I can't, I I can't do this. I can't change. I, you know, this is the way I am. And that is the resistance saying, well, this is just the way I am, is resistance. And, you know, we say those things because it feels uncomfortable. So we stop and we go back the other way. You know, mistaking discomfort for danger. And again, the things that we are perceiving or our brain is perceiving as danger is not life-threatening. So we need we we must take uncomfortable action. Again, one action at a time. Just one new choice, 
one new action to take you in the direction of feeling safe. Now, it might not feel safe at first. In fact, it won't feel safe. It will feel super uncomfortable. But it's what this is, is about it's facing the fear instead of running from the fear to feel safe. We're going to face the fear. We're going to go through the fear. And then that's when we actually arrive at safety. Again, going through the fear builds resilience to the fear. And it builds confidence so you can lead your life with confidence rather than running away and being the victim of your life. You are capable of feeling discomfort. You are capable of moving through discomfort. And I know this because in the last few years, I have taken some very, very uncomfortable action, feeling the fear and take doing the action anyway, going towards the fear, through the fear. And I can tell you, it was horrible. <laughs> it was horrible. In, and I say horrible in the way of uncomfortable. It was horribly uncomfortable and absolutely freeing. I have been able to take off a lot of chains that were weighing me down. Every time I took the uncomfortable action, I was able to unlock another one of those chains. And it, I feel lighter and I feel freer than I have ever felt in my entire life. And I'm going to keep going. And you can too. You have the power to face your fears, your anxieties, and move through them one small step at a time. And one of those super uncomfortable, um, fearful actions is seeing our children from a new perception seeing behavior from a new lens, not a lens of disrespect. Behavior isn't a sign of disrespect and challenging behavior, behavior that challenges you, behavior that brings up uncomfortable feelings for you is not an opportunity to punish. It's an opportunity to heal and to truly feel safe in your own skin, in your own body, and in your own life. Emotional safety. And when you can do that for yourself, you create a safe environment. You create an environment where your child feels safe. You create 
an environment of compassion. And that feels safe. So feeling safe is all about emotional awareness. Feeling capable of feeling. Feeling capable of feeling undesired desirable emotions. Because here's the deal. If we don't feel the undesirable emotions or we avoid them, we also don't know how to fully feel desired emotions. And for me, I I used to, when I would get really upset, I would eat. But then when I was feeling like really happy, I would eat. So I didn't really know how to feel either feelings. In fact, I didn't know how to feel them. I didn't know how to feel any emotions. All I knew how to do was to act them out. And I know I've I've talked about on this podcast before that I had two feelings. And those two feelings were anger and happy. And I didn't feel those. I acted them out. And the rest of the emotions, yeah, I just completely ignored those and became disconnected from those because those were not safe. So it's, again, it's really all about emotional awareness and getting out of our head and into our body, learning to explore what's happening internally rather than being solely focused on the external. Because when we focus on the external, we tend to try to control and manipulate the external, you know, which include people or situations or circumstances, which all are not in our control. We might believe that we control our children or other people or situations, but the truth is we don't. And it's not our job. It's not our job to control other people or even situations. It's our job to manage our internal world because it impacts the external world. And oh man, I know it is uncomfortable. However, controlling and manipulating the external leaves you powerless and a victim to life. And you'll keep trying to find safety. And we're looking for safety in all the wrong places. We must go inward to find safety, emotional safety. And it may be an uncomfortable journey at times and... It is empowering because you are then the leader of your life. You are the master of your life. You get to create your life. And that's when life becomes enjoyable. Life becomes fun. You have fun in life and you experience life rather than just surviving life. It's where you thrive in life. 
And that's a good thing. So I've given you some things to think about and um, try them out. Try implementing a um, uh, what am I trying to say here? Um, a breathing practice, a breathing practice, a meditation practice, a journaling practice, something to start to have a relationship with yourself, your internal world, and soothe your nervous system. Having a relationship with your nervous system. Because beating yourself up does not soothe your nervous system. So become aware. Notice how you're talking to yourself. What's you know going on in that brain? And... Yeah, start to have a relationship with your nervous system and soothe it. Find out what is soothing to your nervous system. And that is going to impact your external life experience. All right, everybody, have a great week. And we'll meet back here again next week. Thank you for tuning into the Beautiful Behavior Podcast. If you enjoyed today's show or previous shows, I would so appreciate you subscribing and leaving a review. I am so grateful for all of you listeners who are joining me here for these conversations because I believe it's through these type of conversations that we start to shift the paradigm, creating a more loving and compassionate world. I hope you will join me here each week as we discover new ways to show up in our lives and create a bigger impact. And if you are ready to take this to the next level, head on over to my website at diannesorensen.net. Again, that's D-I-A-N-E-S-O-R-E-N-S-E-N.net. Get on my calendar and see how you can be supported and if we're a good fit so that you can get out of survival and into thrival. Change is possible and I've got you.